When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Welcome aboard, Giants fans, to episode 15 of Talk is Cheap, our New York Giants podcast on NJ.com. And actually, this week, we have a little special uh, setup as Jordan is hanging out with me live in studio. Joe, you get to look at my face. I know. This is going to be fun. How unfortunate for you. That you have to look at our face, and we have a special guest for bringing in. Yes, we do. Elliot Shore Parks, who covers the Eagles for us at NJ.com. Mr. Eagle himself. How you doing, Elliot? We, He's yeah. flapping his wings over there. The, phone. the good-looking guy on the phone, another dude in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> Already someone's, taking shots. Someone's head's way too big. When he joined, when he joined us, he was a normal guy. Now he's superstar over there. <laughs> So we're going to talk today on episode 15 here about the Eagles, about the Giants, and really, you guys have been writing your positional rankings, your NFC East rankings. We're just a couple weeks away from camp here, so I think it's time to start talking about the NFC East as a whole, and obviously on this podcast with Elliot here, we'll focus on the Eagles and the Giants and uh, this rivalry we have going here. So tell everyone, if they haven't read it, they can check it out on NJ.com, what you guys have been doing with these, these rankings. Well, we did position, yeah, sure, we did position by position, One, you know. Rank each team one to four. The the best is gets one point. You know the one. Uh, for instance, uh, we both gave Tony Romo as the top quarterback in the division. Uh, so the Cowboys would get one point in that category. Everyone else would get wherever they fell in two, three, four. We did ten positions: five offense, five defense. We doubled. We weighted the quarterback position. So the quarterback position, because it's the most important position on the field and in the game, we all know that. We doubled that up. Now, we didn't get the special teams, Elliot, uh, because it's it's a little hard to do at this point because you really don't know who's going to be on special teams. But, you know, when you look at the Eagles, their special teams were so off the charts last year. They were great last year. Scoring touchdown after touchdown. How many did they get, Elliot? I think they had 11 non-offensive touchdowns last year or something like that. I mean, and that's the one thing we get into this a little bit later. When people talk about the Eagles repeating their success from last year, I mean, you know, the defense should be a little better, the quarterback's question, but... It's going to be tough to count on that same type of production from the special team. So that's going to play a big factor in, you know, the Eagles, whether they'll be able to jump out to a 9-3 and three start like they did last year and maybe finish it, up, finish it off this year. Yeah, I mean, they had six or seven touchdowns on special teams. The Giants haven't had a touchdown in six or seven years on special teams. That's almost impossible to repeat. I mean, even if you're good on yeah, special yeah, teams, crazy. it's, it's insane to think they'll be able to put those numbers up again. Even if they make a lot of plays, Elliot, I mean, just the scores they had, I mean, they – they won games early in the season on def- defensive and you know special team scores. Well, but the thing is, though, I agree it's going to be very hard to repeat, but Chip Kelly does put a ton of emphasis in the special teams, and, and it hurts the roster in other ways. I mean, you look at their backup safeties, Chris Marigos, Chris Pazinski, two guys you don't really want on the field, 
at safety, but a great special teams player, Brian Brayman, an outside linebacker, another special teams guy, but ideally not someone you want playing a lot of snaps on defense. So I think the special teams will be very good, very good again this year. Obviously, repeating is going to be tough, but you know, let's not fool ourselves and say that with how much emphasis he does on special teams, it does hurt the team in other areas, especially the back end of the roster. Yeah, I mean that's that's why the, you know when we do these rankings, it's really more. Uh, evaluation of the talent level, you know, of, yeah. of, the, of the starters uh, for the most part, because we're not really grading backups. We're just, you know, we're, we're considering the guys, and there's so many intangibles that are, that come into it, you know, injuries, for instance, for the Giants last year. I look back, we had the Giants as, a t- you know, basically the top defense last year in the division, talent-wise, and, and they were an utter disaster. Uh, you know, they finished 29th in the league and lost half right. their defense, but, uh, you know, it's just Italian evaluation, and there's so much that goes into it, such as how they play as a unit, uh, how the special teams gels, like as Elliot was talking about. So, you know, all of these things come into it. And, and the Cowboys, you know, they didn't even fare that well this year in our rankings, but, you know, they, they wouldn't even, if you look at their team last year, they finished, what, 11 and 5, 12 and 4, actually, even. Uh, but yeah. because. Their offense was able to mask all their deficiencies, even that they still had on defense. They, they kept them off the team. field. Yeah, they didn't. They were on the field much because they controlled the football so much. Let me ask you guys this to start it off. I mean, we'll get into the rankings. We'll go back and forth with the two teams, but I want to ask each of you because you broke it down with your teams, and then you looked at the other teams. Simple question, but I think it's it's kind of a complicated answer. Are the Eagles a better team now than they were last year? And then then Jordan, the same thing with the Giants, because I mean that's what it boils down to. Did they improve in the offseason? That's what every team tries to do. Elliot, right now, a couple weeks before camp, are the Eagles better? I think they are better. Uh, standing on the field at OTA, just looking at the talent on the field, I think this is a more talented roster. I mean, obviously it all comes back to the quarterback again. I mean, I, you know, I, I, you look at the other positions, I think they're they're better at inside linebacker. I think Kiko Alonso is going to have a monster year. Um, I'm not as optimistic about Byron Maxwell as other people are, but I do think he's at least just as good as Kerry Williams and probably a little better. Um, I've bought into the Walter. Ah, he's better. He's better, but he's not. He's not a top five cornerback like some people make him out to be. Right. Like they right. paid him to be. Well, that's what happens yeah, like when you free agency. Exactly. Right. I mean, yeah, that's just how it goes. My point is, I think he, you know, he's not going to come in and shut down Odell Beckham Jr. He he might, but he hasn't shown he can do it. But yes, I mean, so well, Richard Sherman couldn't last year. Uh, let me tell you that. So I really yeah, doubt that Byron Maxwell can. He had a big game, and he actually made a. Uh, Richard Sherman looked bad on a bunch of He games, made a miss so. a lot. Yeah, I really, I really don't think that uh, Byron Maxwell's – anyone can really basically shut down Odell Beckham completely by themselves. Maybe Reeves. Yeah, I don't think there's maybe any cornerback that can do that. that that's, that's fair. But, um, I mean, then you look at you know the other positions, I think they're just as good at running back, if not maybe a little better. Or probably better, actually, because they have Ryan Matthews now, which is maybe the best backup running back in the league or right right up there. But then if healthy. quarterback. If healthy, yeah. Oh, well, that, that could be the Eagles' slogan for this year, if healthy, because... I mean, Giants, you know, too. I mean, throw it in there. The Giants are, you know, half their team also. Maybe not all coming off the serious injuries of the Eagles, but same thing. Yeah. I mean, and the thing at quarterback with the Eagles is they, are, they still have Mark Sanchez, who was their best quarterback last year. So, at worst, they're just as good as they were last year at quarterback. And then there's the Bradford question. You know, his ceiling, you know, people tell me it's higher. I guess it is. So, if his ceiling's higher than you know, uh, Sanchez and Foles, then yeah, I do think the Eagles are, are definitely uh, a more talented team this year heading into the um, next season. That's the thing, though. The rankings, that's why the Eagles they fared so well in the rankings. They're they're a yeah. talent, they, you know, they added a lot of talent. A ton of talent. But we don't know how good a team they are. We don't know how it's all going to come together. It's hard for 
You don't build teams in the NFL generally that way. Uh, usually, you know, the Seahawks, they built it from the ground up. Uh, you know, that you add a couple guys in free agency. You usually don't add, you know, two two handfuls of guys in free agency. Right, so and you usually don't see it off of a, a pretty good year, like 10-6, and 10-6. Yeah. You, you know, a team that goes 2-14, and 3-13, they may have overhaul of talent. The Eagles went 10-6 and six and overhauled the whole team. Yeah, I mean, that's why you, you, know, don't, you don't know what the Eagles are. No, I don't think anybody does. And the other thing is, last year they had a ton of talent, too. They might be better this year, but they still had very talented players last year. And, you know, towards the end of the year, every week, you know, you would think, okay, this is where they're going to turn around. But they just weren't a good football team last year towards the end. They turned the ball over. They had stupid penalties. So, to Jordan's point, yes, they are very talented. But last year they were talented, too, and they weren't able to, to close the deal towards the end of the season. They so finished first in our rankings talented. last year. They, and and remember first. last year they were considered an absolute lock to win their division. It wasn't even going to be close. They were going to go twelve and four. And you know, people look at the Cowboys, the Giants, and the Redskins as you know not even playoff teams. So yeah, I mean, going into next year, I think the Eagles are more talented. And I, you know, I guess we'll pick our division winners at the end of the podcast. But I think they'll be right there when it comes to uh, at the end of the season, like they were last year. I mean, yeah. You know. They were in it. I mean, I, I would be surprised if they're not in it again. How about the Giants, Jordan? When you look at them, are they more talented than they were last year? And I guess we have to take into account the fact that two of their you know, better players with Beatty and, and JPP, they're not going to be around for at least a little while. That has to impact it. Yeah, I mean, they, they're, we, we did this rankings right when JPP, like the defensive uh, end, or we called it edge rushers or edge, edge players because they play different schemes. But uh, that was the first one up is, the, you know, the edge rushers, the edge players. And so we, we kind of counted JPP. So the Giants' ranking actually included what we thought was pretty much going to be a full-strength JPP. I think at this point they probably would have dropped down a little bit in the rankings, especially on that. Uh, because JPP was the best, in my opinion, Elliot disagreed. He went with Connor Barwin, uh, the best edge yeah. player. Uh, I take JPP any day, yeah, week, I take twice JPP on too. Sunday, just as a player. Well, Barwin's, Barwin's, a, Barwin's a good player. He's, he's a good player, but he's he not. Have more sacks. Yeah, he does have more sacks the past two seasons than JPP does. Yeah, he's but you know, you're, you're so you know, you JPP. He played with an injury two years ago. I, I you know, I'm not. If we're, if we're talking, we're talking about 100 percent healthy. Granted, that's one of the things with JPP. But he played two seasons. He had serious back and shoulder problems that he played through, and he clearly wasn't the same player. And uh, that, that contributed greatly to those numbers. But anyway, uh, you know, the Giants, they have Odell Beckham now. But it doesn't get weighted for Odell Beckham because this, he, this guy's a star. I mean, 1,300 yards and 12 touchdowns in 12 games as a rookie. I mean, think about how insane no, those numbers are. If that are. was over 16 games, you would still say that's an amazing year. But yeah. you over 12. If you, if you prorate that out to 16 games, he would have tied Des Bryant for the touchdown lead with 16. He would have finished with 120 something catches and 1,700 yards. Okay? So one of the greatest as a rookie, one of the greatest receiving seasons ever. Yeah, but and that would have been but as a rookie. Do you think he can repeat it? Uh, I, I, maybe not repeat it, but I think that shows you the level that this guy's at. This guy's a star, man. He, he yeah, when he yeah, yeah. when he's on the field in practice, he's at a different level than everybody else on the field, including Victor Cruz when he was healthy. Who's like, a, yeah, he's a pretty good who's player. A, who himself. was a really good player who himself had 1,300 yards or whatever. Uh, you know, so Beckham, we're not waiting. He he takes that offense to a different level by himself because he makes everyone around him better. Eli Manning is all of a sudden better when he has a receiver like that. Every quarterback is. Of course. Uh, you know, yeah. it, it should make the running game better. It should make the, the, the t- things open up for the tight end on the field when Odell Beckham is there. Like, these are the kind of things that he does to that roster. But their roster is filled with so many question marks. And I think that's the problem on the talent side is, like, you know, John Beeson, 
you know, good player. Can John Beeson stay healthy? We don't know. Uh, safeties, they have such glaring holes until we see otherwise. Uh, linebackers, some people consider them the worst linebackers in the league. I kind of find that funny in their rankings. Some people consider the Giants were ranked by NFL.com having the worst linebacker group. I didn't even consider them. They were second on my list in the division. The Cowboys and Redskins linebackers are just not very good, at least in the interior for the Redskins. Not a good linebacking division outside the it Eagles. Is, Eagles have pretty good linebackers. The Eagles have good linebackers. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Kiko Alonso. I actually think D'Amico Ryan is pretty much done. Uh, he's he's on the he's on the on the roster for you know uh, cheerleading and leadership pretty much. Like he's Mufasa, uh, as Chip Kelly calls him. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I mean, yeah, you know, and I, I I can say from watching Kiko in OTA firsthand, I mean, he's in for a monster year. You can't even tell that guy was hurt. I think he's he's the best inside linebacker easily on the Eagles. He's the best athlete maybe on the defense, probably better than Michael Kendrick. I mean, I, you know, you look at what he did two years ago in Buffalo, and again, it, it all comes down to health, as Jordan said. And, you know, that, that shows in the NFC standings. You look at two years ago, the Eagles won the division 10-6. and six. They had all their offensive linemen play all game. They had Foles play. You know, Vic did get hurt, but then their quarterback that year was Foles. He played all the time. They had no major injuries. And last year, they were just devastated with injuries. So, especially this year, when you look at the Eagles' talent, and as Jordan's mentioning, on the Giants with JPP and, and Beeson and Victor Cruz and all that, really, is it safe to say that whatever team just stays the healthiest, is maybe going to win this division. Yeah, I mean, glad, that plays a big part. Of course. Too, I'm glad you down. brought that up, Elliot, because Walter Thurman, who switched from the Giants to the Eagles, you know, he had some interesting things to say recently about Tom, how Tom Coughlin goes about injuries, how obviously Chip Kelly would have sports science. But the last two years, the Eagles have been really healthy. The Giants haven't been. I mean, I, my whole life, every time I've watched football, I always just assumed, for the most part, injuries are just, you know, it's just luck. Bad luck. It happens. I mean, JPP thing right. obviously is bad luck. What are you going to do? Um, but as far as the other stuff, you know, well, you could not play with fire. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's dumb luck, I guess. But as far as, I mean, do you think there's something really going on with Chip Kelly? I mean, you've covered them now for a few years with Chip Kelly there. Do you think they really have figured something out in keeping guys healthy, or have they had a, a good run of luck here? Because if they have, and we keep talking about who's going to stay healthy, then they have an advantage. I mean, that's tough. I mean, I, I'm, you know, obviously they put a ton of emphasis on it, and I think it falls in the category of you know, no pun intended, like, it can't hurt what they're doing. I mean, you know, they monitor them during practice. They, you know, they have special stretching techniques. I mean, they do all that type of stuff. With that being said, their offensive line was devastated with injuries last year. Nick Nick Foles broke a collarbone. McCoy had a concussion. I mean, this team has suffered injuries at some key positions. And, you know, so I I think they put emphasis on it. But I do think ultimately the year before it was just luck. Their offensive line was healthy all year. Last year, that didn't happen, and we saw what that what that takes. You can, you know, drink all the smoothies in the world, but if you're Evan Mathis and someone rolls onto your knee the first week of the season, something you can do about that. So I think the Eagles generally have been lucky, but clearly what they do doesn't, you know, it, it's important to put an emphasis on it. Can only, it can only help. I mean, you can't, in my opinion, you can't, you know, protect against broken bones. No. or You know, you can protect right. against hamstrings and, uh, you know, pulled muscles and maybe just keep yourself a little fresher. And I think that maybe is the benefit. I'm not sure there's anything that prevents these injuries. You know, you tear your knee when you're cutting, you're going to tear your knee when you're cutting. If your Achilles has just been, you know, had enough at this point, it's going to pop, you know. So I think it's more about maybe maybe being a little fresher, I think, is is, is more... Conditioning. Yeah. yeah. It just helps well, no, just, Although, although Carrie Williams wouldn't agree, right, Elliot? Well, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's just where I was going. <laughs> On the flip side of that, Kerry Williams, too, I know people don't want to hear it, but he wasn't the only one that felt this way. I mean, the Eagles do practice very hard during the season, and Kerry said it. At the end of the season, they felt tired. 
And, you know, you look at last year against Indianapolis, they played on a Monday, they won, and Chip had them in there on Tuesday doing some stuff, which in the NFL very rarely happens, if, if ever. Um, so I think there's some downsides to how Chip runs his program. Um, and, you know, they weren't very good at the end of the year last year. It's not – I think they finished the season one and four or definitely one and three. So, you know, all this talk about being fresh at the end of the year and being ahead, look, it all comes down to – combination of luck with injuries and just being a better team and being a better you know having better coaches and better players that's what Kerry Williams said and I, you know, I agree with him you said it comes down to luck and injuries. The other thing football always comes down to, no matter what the team is, is the quarterback. You know, what kind of play you get out of the quarterback. So you guys both said in the rankings, Tony Romo came out number one in the NFC East, and I think that's fair based on his career, based on the year he had last year. After I mean, he's that, been so good yeah, in the he's, last three years. Yeah, he's I a, mean, he's a, he doesn't get enough credit to me. I mean, he's a really good yeah. player. I mean, his numbers in the last two years, I mean, he's thrown 60-something touchdown passes in like, you know, 20, what is it? Six, it's 65 touchdown passes and 19 interceptions yeah, in the great. last two years. I mean, that's, that's just really good. There's no other way around. That, that, those are really, really good numbers. Right. So then after that, you have Romo at number one in the division. Then Eli Manning comes in. And, you know, coming in the last year, I didn't know where we were in Eli's career because he was pretty bad the year before. But he, he did 27 interceptions. Right. He rebounded last year. So I, good I, year. I feel like we have a grasp on what Eli is now again with McAdoo. And now the question is with the Eagles. And, Elliot, you know, it seems like Chip Kelly can get decent production out of anyone, uh, but he's hoping he gets more out of Bradford here. Well, you had the Eagles three, right? I, I took RG3 over yeah. Bradford. So you had the Eagles last. I did. I mean, I... I Too much uncertainty? Know, I I, I kind of like RG3. I think if he's in the right spot. Like, I don't know what happened last year. I'm, I'm kind <laughs> it was of... a mess. Last year, he lost his confidence, and they were just... Complete utter disaster. But I, I if I had to choose like between a quarterback, I would take RG three over Sam Bradford, knowing his injury history right now. I mean, it's me personally. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's an outrageous stance to take at no, all. With both not. of them, you're really just hoping they recapture some of the magic. You know, Bradford in college and RG three at least has done it at the NFL level. That's the thing you're talking about, Bradford in college, man. He hasn't been in college in years. That big year he That's had That's how far away we are that was, from him being man. successful. That was 2008, that big year at Oklahoma. 2008. That was a long time ago. Hey, I mean, Ellie, you, you were like in high Eagles, school. Yeah. You, you haven't been on Eagle Twitter recently, have you, Jordan? Because that's basically all they're clinging on to. You know, the potential he showed as a number one pick five years ago, which in the NFL is an eternity. But I, I agree with you. I mean, I think RG3, I don't see why anybody can be less optimistic, pessimistic about him than Bradford. But the reason... I went with the Eagles ahead of the Redskins just because of the backup. I, you know, I know we, we heavily weighted the starters here, but in the NFL, very rarely do quarterback does the quarterback play 16 games unless you're Eli Manning. But, I mean, you know, Sanchez, in my opinion, is just a way better backup than uh, Colt McCoy who the Redskins have. And with Bradford and RG3, the reality is your backup's probably going to play. So, you know, on the weight of the whole combination of quarterbacks, I think the Eagles ahead of the Redskins. But and Fair enough. Is clearly the difference between the, difference between the Cowboys-Giants and the Eagles and the Redskins when it comes to the quarterback position is huge. I mean, the Giants have, you know, 27 interceptions two years ago. Yeah, that's true. But they still at least have some stability in the position. And so do the Cowboys, where the Eagles and the Redskins are really just crossing. I mean, he's a quarterback you know you can position. win a Super Bowl with Eli Manning. I mean, you can't say that about Sam Bradford and RG3 right now. It's just that simple. You could, you, you could argue that against Tony Romo right now. A lot of people would argue that against Tony Romo, but at least you can make that argument for Romo. You can't even get close to making that argument with Bradford and, and RG3 right now as quarterbacks uh, you think are potential quarter, you know, Super Bowl-winning quarterbacks. You just, they're not even at near that don't, level. Don't, don't tell that to Eagles fans. Don't, <laughs> don't tell that to Eagles fans because they are, I mean, in Philadelphia, they are clinging on the hope that Bradford can, you know, with Chip Kelly, be 
you know, a better player. And let's face it, this isn't just, you know, in, in St. Louis, he was the victim of circumstance. I mean, yes, they didn't have great receivers and, you know, the offensive line, whatever. But let's be honest, he did not play well in St. Louis. This isn't just the, you know, the, he, he, he has to be a better player in, with the Eagles than he did in St. Louis. Yeah. The Eagles Obviously playing for Chip will help, though. Yeah, and well, I was going to say, Joe mentioned, you know, Chip gets better production out of his quarterbacks, but on the other hand, the Eagles had more interceptions than any team in the league last year, I believe, or at least they were right up there, you know, number one and two. So, you know, they, the turnovers have been a problem for this team. That is one thing in the limited time he's played in the NFL. Bradford has not turned the ball over, so, so that is one thing to hope on if you're an Eagles fan, that Bradford will be a better decision maker, which is really the key in, in Chip's offense. So what's the best case for these quarterbacks this year? Jordan, Eli last year, before the season, they started talking about 70% completion percentage, which was, you know, that's a lot to expect out of anyone. I still don't think 70% would even be, you know, realistic. Right. Not even close for him. Like, no. that's maybe realistic for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, maybe. That's, that's a major And even then, number. even then, yeah. But Eli did play better as the year went on when he yeah, got yeah. Beckham. And, you know, outside of that game against the Niners, and I know the goal this year was under 10 interceptions, and if you take away that Niners game, which you can't do, but if you did it, I think he had nine last year. So what's the best case for Eli year two with McAdoo and a full year of, of Beckham? I think just a little bit better than this one, this than last season would be good, you know. 30, low, mid, low to mid-30s touchdowns and, uh, you know, 12 to 15 interceptions, I think, you know, that's... that's Giants fans would take that. Yeah, yeah, that's a good year for Eli Manning. I don't think anybody... You can't complain about that. I mean, this this offense is made to, to be able to pass with success. Uh, you should be able to complete a lot of passes, and you should be able to... If, if you have Victor Cruz semi-healthy, you should have some playmakers, with, especially with Vereen mm-hmm. out of the backfield now, who's, who's a good pass receiver. Beckham, and if you can get, you know, Cruz anywhere near where he was before, that those are some pretty good weapons for Eli Manning to work with. And there's no reason to believe that he shouldn't have a better year in his uh, second year in Ben McAdoo's systems. Now, what, what, what's interesting is the fact that the Cowboys and the Giants finished where they did. Look, granted, we do- and we, we doubled the you know the point total for quarterbacks, and they still finished significantly behind you know the Eagles in the rankings. I mean, the Eagles finished full six points ahead of everybody else, ahead of the Giants, and eight points ahead of the Eagles, and it, it shows you. The talent level that a the Cowboys have on offense, I mean on defense, and how you know me and Elliot don't think much of their defensive talent. They finished last in in defense. Yeah, they were a smoke and mirrors defense to me last year. They got it yeah, done, I mean, but they it were wasn't... average at best. Yeah. They actually were below average. I think the NFC East. I think the the number one defense. I don't I don't remember if it was the Cowboys or Redskins. One of them was nineteenth, and one of them was twentieth. So, so they were all good. bad. Yeah, yeah, not good. They were all bad, and they were probably only even nineteenth or twentieth the Cowboys because they were off the field so much. If they were on the field so much more, they would have given up who knows how many yards per game. Uh, so it just goes to show you that you know the giant, the Giants, Redskins, and Cowboys—they have serious holes on their roster. And the Eagles—they have the most talent, but they have the one biggest hole. Maybe is that one position that we're talking about, which is the quarterback. Right. Yeah. So, so it, you know, the Giants might win this talent competition division, but how important is that quarterback? Does the quarterback position just wipe away? The, you know the talent differential between them. It, it might. I mean, you could easily say that. You could easily say, oh, well, you know, Romo and Eli are going to throw for 30, 30 plus touchdowns and ten or so, ten, twelve interceptions. And the Eagles might have, you know, a guy who throws fifteen and fifteen. Who knows? So what's the what's they the ceiling here? By the by weekend. They, well, that, that that's a different Elliot, story. Elliot will be in heaven over of there. Of course he will, Elliot. Elliot, so tell me what Eagles... Your numbers are really off the charts. Of course they will. What's, uh, what's Eagles Twitter saying? I mean, what's the ceiling here for Sam Bradford? Let's say he stays healthy. 
I mean, we watched Sanchez go to what, 64% last year, and Sanchez was a 55, you know, 56 right. at best guy with the Jets. What is it for Bradford? I mean, if he stays healthy, we know Chips go with quarterbacks. I mean, how good could he be? Yeah, I mean, you know, when when the Eagles first got Bradford, we were still in like the Mariota craze. Is that over yet? <laughs> wait, that, I, wait, I didn't know that was done out here. The Titans re- assigned him officially, right? It's over now? No, no, they didn't sign him yet, unless he did it in the last hour or two, and I missed it. But no, he's still on side. But, I mean, the thing, you know, obviously we talked about a little bit with the potential, but the other thing people point to is Bradford's accuracy. It's why you can see it here. But, you know, in St. Louis, he was only a 58, 58% completion percent. Sanchez with the Jets, which, you know, people point to how bad he was with the Jets, was, I believe, you know, 55%. So Bradford wasn't considerably better with the Rams. You know, so then last year with, with Eagles, Sanchez jumped up to 64%. So, you know, you asked Jordan what the best-case scenario is for Eli Manning with the Giants. When it comes to Sam Bradford, the best-case scenario for him is, A, just don't tear his ACL and stay healthy. I mean, he can get, you know, 16 games out. Big yeah, expectations you got for him, Elliot. Stand don't up tear straight. Your, yeah, yeah. I mean, don't throw your knee out, out, bro. That's yeah, that's all you need to know about the quarterback position and, and with the Eagles. But the other thing is, and this is, you know, a problem, is the Eagles have the offensive line has a lot of holes in it, especially at guard. They're, you know, they're going to bring two new guards in this year. Alan Barbie's a guy that the Eagles are really high on, but he was best and cut by the Packers and then missed 15 games last year. Then the other position, they're looking at maybe Matt Tobin, who I'm not very high on, or a guy in John Moffitt, who was decent in Seattle but has been out the NFL the past two years. So if you're Bradford, you got to be a little nervous thinking. I mean, because the best-case scenario for him is he gets to sit back there with good, you know, without any pressure. He can just stand there and pick people apart. And he's capable of doing that. I mean, you know, in 2008, he showed he could do it with Oklahoma. So, you know, maybe he's something he can do with the Eagles. But then the other thing is... Back in 79, Sam Bradford had a good year. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Elliot. I wish you guys would... could debate with people on, <laughs> on Eagles. Because people, I mean, Eagles fans are optimistic. They're drinking the Kool-Aid. They always are. That's uh, When I moved there, yeah, I mean, when I moved there, that was like the number one thing. I, I couldn't believe. They just. They're thought, on the chip shit. They thought there was no way. No, even when I moved there, like that was the, the you know, the Andy Reid when they really, you know, the 2004-ish range. And like, you know, three, four, five. Like they just thought like they just were never going to lose a game. Like yeah. really. Uh, which right. they, you know, came close. I mean, yeah, they were, they were, they were good. really good for that. But still, I mean, the they couldn't comprehend the fact that they could still possibly lose. Ever. I mean, imagine imagine if the Cowboys had Sam Bradford as their quarterback, what the reaction would be from the Eagles fans. They wouldn't you give the Cowboys any respect. Yeah. Everyone would be – they would yeah. be laughing at the Cowboys. Elliot, hear about this. Would you sign, if you're the Eagles right now, for 25 and 15 from Sam Bradford? When I signed, what would 25 25 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. How many games? Plays 14 games. Uh, I mean, if he does – see, I actually think that's like worst-case scenario for the Eagles. Because what you want from Bradford if you're the Eagles, you need him to be – because he's a free agent next offseason. So if he plays 14 games and throws 25 touchdowns, I mean, I don't know. In my mind, that's that's mediocre. That's not like definitive greatness, and that's not – but that's also not being terrible. That's true. That like shows enough signs for you to think there might be potential, but you don't know for sure – you don't know if he's for sure your franchise quarterback. And the other issue – the other issue is let's say Bradford plays 14 or 15 games this year. I mean, are you ever going to feel confident given this guy's 30 million guaranteed? I mean, you know, I know there's – you know, the – Stats and the doctors say if you can't tear ACL, you're not any more likely to tear it a second time or a third time. But let's all be realistic here. There's a guy that suffered some serious injuries throughout his career. So I think that's always something that's going to be in the back of your mind. But 
yeah, I mean, best case scenario for Bradford, you know, is 30 touchdowns. Right what you said for right what you said for Eli. I think he's capable of throwing 30 plus touchdowns if he plays 16 games and the offensive well, line. Nick Foles did it. Yeah, Foles did it. And, and not even in 16 games. That wasn't 16 and played 16 that year, did he? I don't think he it did. It was 27 and 27 and two and. I think it was eight or nine games. Yeah, he took over in what? About October, late October. He took over. I think it was week six. He took over because Vic played week four. Yeah, it was week five. It was something like that. That's about the time you dumped me, Elliot. Yeah, yeah, that was about the time I kicked Jordan to the curb. um, (laughs) Sent me to the Giants. Sent me to the the losing franchise down in up in East Rutherford, which it has been since I got there. Yeah, you just dark cloud over the Giants. Well, they were zero and six before I got there, so let's not get carried away like like it was all rosy before I got there. That was a rough start that year. Wow, I actually showed up for the Minnesota game, so I came when I arrived. They finally actually won a game. It was it was Was that the night they played Jason Campbell, not Jason Campbell, uh, yeah, Josh Josh Freeman. 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 Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, really, you know, to get back to your question, the best case for Sam Bradford, 30-plus touchdowns, maybe 15 interceptions or so. And if the Eagles get that, I, I think, because Jordan mentioned, the talent is there otherwise. It's really just a quarterback position. If Bradford can do that, that those type of numbers, I think the Eagles should win the division. Well, the big problem, I think, with the Eagles, another big, you know, concern is you have to worry about how, like we talked about it before, they got all these new guys, they have this talent, but how quick do they come together and make a good team? Uh, you know, it's not an easy thing for them to jump out right away. And uh, I don't think their schedule's easy early either. Right, Elliot, if I remember correctly? Yeah, they have the Falcons week one, which that's the game where I really think not having not played together, you know, putting the team, that's going to be a tougher game. Yeah, that's secondary against later. Matt Ryan early in the year, yeah. But they really shouldn't. They yeah, should win the road, that game if they're the a good Monday team. But they, they, that's the kind of game you need but to that's win what if they're going to play. Are they team. a good team right away? I don't know. I mean, we don't know if they're going to be a good team immediately. Well, the one, the one great reason you could be optimistic about that is Chip has won ten games each of his first two seasons. With really, I understand the roster has been together, but still, you're talking a whole new coach staff, whole new offense, whole new defense, switching from a four three to a three four. So, you know, I I think there's some truth to what you're saying, but at the end of the day, it's going to come down to the quarterback. You know, but if, he, if the quarterback plays well, they'll be a very good team. If he doesn't, then it doesn't matter how long they will have been together. So when you guys were ranking the rosters here and going through different uh-huh. positional groups in the NFC, which one for each of you was the most difficult? Which ro- which position was the one that you, you struggled the most with trying to rank the teams well, one through four? I'll go first because this one pops out to me. Safety position, okay? Because they're all bad? The safety position is horrible in this division. Is that just the NFL now, though? There's not that. I mean, you have, the, I don't you know. have a couple uh, great some ones. Teams, like some, teams have, some teams have good safety. This division lacks, like, I mean... You can argue Malcolm Jenkins is the best safety in this division right now. I mean, the Redskins were okay. the Redskins were first, okay? And let me just tell you, if you go down to Washington and, and talk to Redskins fans and tell them that I ranked their safeties first, they'll laugh because their safety play has been so atrocious for years. And the and for the receivers, years. they're gonna love you down there. Yes, yeah, seriously. You're the guy. So for me, like I mean, I couldn't. I, I was. I, I could have put anyone first or fourth. I mean, the Giants. I put fourth just because I don't know who's going to be their safety at either either spot. Like I know, okay, Landon Collins. I'm putting him as. He's going to play eventually, but we're, no, he's going to start yeah. probably. I mean, he has to really flop to uh, you know not start. But we're talking about a guy who has never played a snap as you know the one guy that I could pencil in for the Giants. Maybe you know how how confident can I possibly feel about their talent level when they have a, a rookie. Second round pick, which is what he was, mm-hmm. he fell out of the first. And uh, you know, uh, 
I think it's two fifth rounders from the previous year, you know, who have never played a, started an NFL game at safety. Or that doesn't inspire at confidence at all. Yeah, how could I possibly rank them high? Uh, you know, the well, Eagles, Eagles and the Eagles are starting a guy who hasn't played safety since college. Yeah, that's, that's what I was about to say. Who can't yeah. stay healthy himself? So, Walter yeah, Thurman. that's true. Who hasn't stayed healthy or out of trouble too? He has a, a marijuana suspension in there too. So yeah, that's the story of the Eagles secondary. I mean. I agree. The, 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 the position I'll say I thought was the toughest to, to rank one to four was the receiver position. Because in my opinion, you know, and you showed in the rankings, I had the Redskins last and Jordan had it first. So, I mean, because you look at, you know, the Giants have a stud in Odell, if you just talked right. about. Cowboys maybe have the best receiver in the division, it says. You know, and then a decent number two and uh, Terrence Williams. And then the Eagles have a very interesting group because they have, you know, second-year player in Jordan Matthews who had a really good rookie year. First round pick Nelson Aguilar, a guy who a lot of scouts really liked, thought he might even be one, you know, top two receiver in the draft, even though he slipped all the way to twenty. And then, you know, Riley Cooper is what he is, he's a good run blocker. They have Josh Huff. So I think I think you make the argument by the end of the year, the Eagles have a lot of very good receivers. And then the Redskins have a pro bowler and Sean or a pro bowler two years ago on Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garçon, who's good good, you know, Jordan thinks he's better than he is. But caught a hundred and a hundred and eight <laughs> passes or something two years ago. Two years ago. Yeah. You all of a sudden yeah. you think you think he just got old. You think he turned like forty five in, in over a course of a year and a half. How but, old is Garcon? Thirty one? No, he's like twenty eight. We're uh, all we're all aging him. Yeah, you guys you guys have Pierre Garcon in, in like AARP or a nursing home. The guy's like twenty eight years old. Go. That just makes it that just makes it even the wife even more. I mean, I think you can make the argument for any of these, probably besides the Eagles. But at the end of the year, I think we'll make an argument for any of these. Here's what I think, though. If Victor Cruz was healthy, here's can we agree on this? If Victor Cruz was 100% healthy, we'd have the Giants number one. I agree. I think I might even have put the Giants number one. So, yeah, I Yes, I think you did. We both would have had him number one then if Victor Cruz was healthy. But I just can't go that far to say, I look, he's going to play. I just don't know what level he's going to play at. Do we know when he's going to play either? I think he'll well, play. He, well, he's going to be closer to the situation. Yeah. Will he be ready week one? He, he's going to be, yeah. He should, uh, barring a setback, he's going to be ready re- week one. He's going to be, he's ready, you know, first day of training camp to go out there and play. Obviously, they're not going to throw him out there full time. So, what was that, a little less than a year from the injury? It was week four? Yeah, I mean, he's, no, it was, uh, it was against the Eagles. Way right. less than a year. Yeah. Way less than a year, right? Um, it was week four, I think. Yeah, but he got injured in October. So, right now, right. October. Week four, so, week five. It was early October, very early October, first week of October, I believe. So yeah, you're talking, and now it's and now it's July. So you're talking about nine months now. Mm-hmm. So nine months is about the max it takes to recover from that injury. Right. That's what they said. You know, eight nine months. So he's at the nine months. So by the time the season starts, it's going to be at eleven months. The question is, you know, we haven't seen a lot of guys have this injury, and and so you don't know is he going to be able to come back and have the full ability to cut and at the same speed like that's his game his game is in the slot quick movements you know shiftiness cutting like that he was never a, a burner anyway so uh you know can he come back and be that same guy is is why i couldn't put them first because right to me it's odell beckham and a bunch of average guys until I see Victor Cruz come back and be a really good player. And, and then not, that knocks everyone else down and a peg where they will. belong. Like you know Ruben Randall knocks him right. down a peg. If you told me, okay, this is the rating, rankings of the receivers for week nine, I'd probably have more confidence. But, you know, it's like when you come back from an ACL injury, it usually takes some time of actual playing before a guy gets back to that level. You know, they used to say it used to take a full 
a full year. year. Now, now it's, I feel like it's become even less. Now guys can do it in like a half I mean, a yeah, season. Look at, look at what Jeremy Macklin did last year. If you're right. a Giants fan and you want to feel optimistic about Cruz, Macklin had the best year of his career last season coming off the ACL. Yeah, the problem and is yeah, that Cruz I'm, is not ACL. He's a, he's a different injury. That's the thing is nobody knows a lot about it, this injury. There just hasn't been a ton of guys, especially a wide receiver that have had I remember when you guys wrote about it right after it happened. I mean, it was like you couldn't find 20 names. It was not yeah. that many. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, and the guys that have are guys that really a lot of the guys haven't had a ton of success, at least in skill positions. All right, let's let's wrap with this on uh, episode 15 here. So you guys did your rankings. The Eagles came out overall number one. Each of you give me the position for the team you cover, the you know the group position group that if they do really well, if they exceed what you think, then this team will win the division. You know, like your team will end up number one. So who on the Giants, Jordan? What position group? has to play really well for the Giants to ultimately, when we do this ranking at the end of the year, say that's why they were the best team in the division. Yeah, I think the easy answer to that is offensive line. But I'm not going to go there because, you know, if you say offensive line, you know, I think the Giants can scheme around it. Like, they, you know, they, they could be a really good offense even if their offensive line is average. I don't think they need to be great. Uh, they don't now, need to granted, be the Cowboys from last year. Yeah, granted, year. they're not going to be the Cowboys. No, no, they have a rookie starting a left tackle, you know, a right tackle, who the heck knows. Uh so they just need to be average. So I'm not going to go there. I'm going to say if they're edge rushers, we're going to call them defensive ends for the Giants. If they have end defensive line, really, any, if their pass rush is really good and performs at uh, you know the, the level, if, we, if they get JPP and he's JPP like he was at the end of last year, which is hard to you know write, you pencil that in right now. Of course. I, I don't feel confident that's going to happen. Or And Demontre Moore... You know, I, who I think is in for a big year, evolves into a really dangerous double-digit sack kind of guy, uh, and they get a not, you know Devin Kennard from De- Devon Kennard. I can't say who that. Who played guy's really name. well at the end yeah, of last year? He's a good pass rusher from the linebacker position. If they get that, and one of their interior guys, you know, blossoms, and the Giants have that really good pass rush. Look, they won two Super Bowls because they had a really good pass. And rush. now they, a big they have a defensive coordinator back from the first exactly. one. Exactly. So to me, they need that, and that's the key to this team because they need to mask that secondary a little bit. Those safeties. They're going to have a lot of uncertainty there, uh, so they're going to need to mess up their linebackers. I don't think are great in co- they're not going to be great in coverage. Definitely not. So they get that those edge rushers. If they get premium play from those edge rushers, that's a position to me that the Giants can go out there and have a big season and win the division. All right, Elliot, we have the we have the Eagles on top right now in the, in these rankings here. How do they stay on top? And and give me something outside of quarterback because I think we we all know and everyone listening yeah. knows. Quarterback is the key for the Eagles. But outside of quarterback, which position has to play really well for the Eagles to win this division? Well, I actually don't think it's quarterback. I mean, I think it's without without doubt the offensive line. I mean, for a number of reasons. One, the Eagles' plan this season is to run the ball. They're going to give, you know, ideally DeMarco Murray, Ryan Matthews, and somewhat Terrence Ball. They're going to, they're going to touch the ball a ton. So that, that's key, obviously, with your offensive line. But the other reason is to get back to the quarterbacks is you have a guy in Bradford there who really can't take a lot of hits, and you certainly don't want him running for his life. I mean, you show, he showed in St. Louis when the offensive line isn't great, he's not able to really do anything or elevate anybody around him. And then Sanchez is another guy you don't want making decisions on the fly. So the offensive line, if they can get the same type of season they got in 2013 from their offensive line this year, which will be hard to do, but if they can do it, then I think they should win the division because it will allow them to run the ball. It will give the quarterbacks time to sit back there execute Chip Kelly's offense. So, But the issue is that's going to be very hard to do with, as we talked about earlier, they have some big questions at guard. Jason Peters is still a very good player, clearly, but he's a year older. 
and some would argue he maybe took a step back last year. So the offensive line, they, they can be really good. The Eagles will, you know, fulfill our, uh, our rankings here and win the, the good. The good part is when you have two really good tackles, maybe the best left, right. the best tackle in the league, and would someone argue a really good, really good center, someone argue is the best in the league, you might be able to mess yeah. this. You know, it's a lot, and I like little, Lane Johnson, too, yeah, right tackle. That's what I mean. They have two really yeah. good tackles and a good center. It's a little easier to probably mask those interior spots if you have those two those good players around them. So, you know, yeah. I, I don't think it's out of the question that the, that, that the Eagles can actually, you know, fill those spots sufficiently. Uh, maybe they're not great or, you know, they're not going to get pro bowlers, but they just need to be okay at those spots. I like the groups that you guys picked because if this division somehow does come down to the final game of the season, it will be the two groups you picked going head-to-head, the Giants' defensive line, Eagles' offensive line. We did say that last year. We watched uh, the last two years and we've watched awful football games. Right. (laughs) Yeah, that was was a buzzkill at the end of the year. (laughs) I mean, we were were taking a nap in the press box last year in that finale. So let's see how many balls Odell Beckham could catch. So the Eagles are used to having that game mean a lot. Two years ago, they were they were in Dallas. Last year, obviously, it was the Odell show. You know, and yeah. the Eagles. I can't. It was the year before that. Played. I think the Giants and Eagles played also again the year before that. The Redskins, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it seems like the NFC East always comes down to the last uh, last game of the season between two teams. I mean, last year, Giants-Eagles didn't work out. But like you said, Elliot, a couple of years ago down in Dallas. So uh, we'll see. But camp's on the horizon here. And uh, we'll come back next week with episode 16, keep talking about the NFC East and get ready for camp here. And uh, we appreciate the little guest spot here from our Eagles beat writer. Uh, appreciate you hopping on, Elliot. We're going to bring Elliot back so we can come wave his little Eagles flag uh, again. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll be glad to come back anytime. Talk about Sam Bradford. It's always fun. All right, appreciate it. Elliot Shore Parks on the Eagles. Everyone, thanks for listening to episode 15 of Talk is Cheap. We'll be back next week, uh, same time. <laughs>